Welcome back to Buckle Up, Queers. The show that pushes the boundaries of comfort and humor. Now your hosts, Grunge Cowboy and Buckle Bear. Um, okay. I, like, want to pause a little bit to see if that fucking notification comes up. Because if it does, and I'm, like, mid-rant, I'm not going to be able to give you the same passion as before. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Let's okay. All right. Well, one, three big, giant, eight-inch bones to pick with you. Number one, you bleached your hair. You told me about it like two weeks ago and you didn't immediately fucking send me a picture. The disrespect. Okay, you didn't ask for one either. Well, I didn't think I had to. First of all. (laughs) Keep in mind, this is only bone number one. Okay, well, keep in mind... If you weren't a 90-year-old man that refused to use Snapchat, you would have seen it a long time ago. You would have probably seen it while I was bleaching it. Mm, Yeah. Only fuckboys use Snapchat. Well, I guess I'm a fuckboy. Number two. We're in an orgy of bones right now. So number two. (laughs) Last episode... We talked about espresso martinis and how you know that I'm a fucking slut for a good espresso, espresso teeny. You know that about me. And you are sipping one right now. I am. You're not giving me a review. You're not telling me it's really good. We're not bonding over exploring the different forms of espresso teenies that you can have. Okay. Are you done? Well, no, I have one more bone, but I want you... Uh, I'm giving you time for a rebuttal. Oh, okay. First of all, this espresso martini is disgusting. Because <gasps> you fucking um, made it wrong. Well, I didn't make it. It was a pre-made bottle of it that I saw at oh, the store. Oh, that's why. Well, okay. First of all, chill. I wanted to... I've never had an espresso martini. And everyone's drinking them all the time, so I wanted to sip one to try it. But there's so many different recipes online for them, and it just seems so complicated. And then I was, like, at the store today, and the store by my house has, like, a whole liquor store inside of it. And I, like, walked down the aisle, and there was this cute little bottle, and it said espresso martini. Just pour over ice and enjoy. So I poured it in my martini shaker that I used to make brown sugar shaken oat milk espressos at home. And I shook the heck out of it. (laughs) And then I poured it into my (laughs) martini glass. And I sipped it, and it's not good. Well, I'm just bummed that you didn't immediately text me and tell me, hey, let's record and drink martinis. Because I feel like that would be a really good bonding moment. This is episode fucking 10. We need need our listeners to, to, for you to be sober. Why start now? Ten episodes into it, why the fuck would I start now? <laughs> I'm no fucking quitter. Okay, also, the biggest of all the bones. The porn star bone. Okay? In our group message, I sent you a TikTok. I thought was pretty fucking funny. 24 hours ago, 
ghosted. Then today I texted you and fucking Sapphire and I said, are, did you two join together for like absolute banishment of me? Not a fuck you, not a nothing. <laughs> okay, time for some honesty. Yeah. I didn't watch that TikTok because I opened that message somewhere where I wasn't going to open TikTok. And then usually when I'm I really do that, that I unread a message so that... I... Nope, it's my turn. <laughs> usually when I do that, I unread a message so I can go back to it and it reminds me, but I didn't. So, uh, whatever. It's a TikTok. Get over it. And second <laughs> of all, the only reason why <laughs> Diamond and I ignored you today... <laughs> was because you were throwing a fit yeah i know but also you know how you do you ever have those people in life where you're just like oh shit i should probably warn them about sending this tiktok or you just like send things you're that person that i'm like no he's fucking smart enough to know that if i send him anything with audio he better fucking not listen to it in public oh absolutely and i don't <laughs> <laughs> In general, I typically don't open anything anyone sends me in public unless I know, like, unless I can see in the thumbnail that it's not going to be what I think it might be. But, yeah. Are you done throwing your hissy fit? Okay. Awesome. If you've made it this far in the episode, congrats, because we have two. (laughs) Yeah. We're really struggling tonight. Honestly. The last week, the last episode we recorded, we had issues. You think that we're fucking amateurs? We're ten episodes into this. We're professionals. Happy tenth anniversary of our episodes. That's the longest relationship I've ever had. Happy ten. I'm gonna say that every. I'm gonna say that every podcast now. Well, it's probably true. That's the thing. Did you have a good week? Uh, yeah. Honestly, it was super uneventful got some stuff done around the house bleached my hair um i put extensions in my best friend's hair that was fun so huh? yeah how was your weekend or week it was good same not uneventful um i wish i had more stuff to say but You'd be proud of me. I bought like eight new plants. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden I like woke up and I think it had to do with like the weather change here. All like all the plants by the door, I had like five of them all just fucking dead. Like, and I was like, okay, maybe they're being little, you know, maybe they're being sensitive, taking after their dad watered them did whatever and they just were not coming back to life so i i've watered them before don't worry i have i'm on like a you just gave me a look like what the fuck is happening um so i threw them all away and i went out and got new ones (laughs) okay so first of all you posted on your (laughs) You posted on your Instagram yeah. story five little plants that you no that you bought at the grocery store or wherever mm-hmm. you bought them. Yep. 
and they're cute. I'll give you that. Home but Depot. Then you said, are you proud of me? Then you said, I actively went to Home Depot on my yeah, own. Well, that actually, that's going to be part of this episode. So once you posted that, you also said, does this make me a plant daddy now? And I immediately swiped up and said, no, absolutely not. For the listeners, I'm flipping him off. Yeah. Double, double bird. Talk to me when you can keep a plant alive and not throw them away just to replace them. Um, I've had these plants for like four years. Yeah, four years. Then you should know how to keep them alive if they start to decline. No, because none of my plants, and I'm not saying this to like brag, none of the plants have ever declined. Like, ever. Like, I traveled halfway across the country with these motherfuckers. And you know what? Like, if you, honestly, survival of the fittest. If you're going to throw a fucking hissy fit, you can go and try and survive in the dumpster outside. There are plenty of plants that need homes, and I'm willing, I'm willing to give it to them. I would be scared to be a plant that came into your house. Why? It's a beautiful home. It's not a house, it's a home. It's not a whore house, it's a whore home. <laughs> exactly. Also, oh my god. I was humbled so fucking ooh. So y'all know, follow me on Instagram. Last episode we talked. I'm getting into my little Peloton moments, posting them on Instagram, yada yada. Some bag of dicks came onto my Instagram, slid into my DMs, and told me I was built like the Grinch. <laughs> I wouldn't would you not take that as a compliment? No. You love the Grinch. (laughs) I don't want to be built like him. That's it. I'm not going. (laughs) That's you every single time you have to get dressed and go somewhere. (laughs) That's it. I'm not going. That's it. Have we talked about (laughs) how how much I love the Grinch? I know you and I. I think we've mentioned it in almost every episode. Uh, fucking love the Grinch. I need to yeah, remember last episode when I when I outed you for using your computer in your room to watch the Grinch every night before bed. Yeah, and it's still on it. Maybe that's why it's been so hard to record. Yeah, because it's not my computer. <laughs> Whatever. It's all right. We all have those shows, and the Grinch is mine. But I don't know who this person was. Because it, I don't know if it was a fake profile or it was like one of those, like not advertising profiles, but it doesn't seem like it was somebody's regular profile. They were like trying to like get me to, honestly, it's kind of smart. They told me I was built like the Grinch basically to get me to sign up for their fitness program. Uh-huh. So... And some <laughs> psychological warfare right there. If you send them into into depression, they'll they'll buy your subscription to your fitness program. Yeah. So no, um, I don't think you're built like the Grinch. I think you're built like a thumb thumb. I'll take that as a compliment. 
<laughs> oh my god, that was fucked up. Did you, you purposely say, turn off your you, camera? Yeah, you were gonna say we're we are gonna rebuild. No, I wasn't. But now I will. It's okay, we'll rebuild. <sighs> we will rebuild. Anyways. It's the episode, episode that everyone's 10. been waiting for. Episode 10. Is your man gay baiting us? We're queer baiting. We're queer baiting. Queer baiting and gay baiting. I think I've never heard the term gay baiting. I've heard the term queer baiting. So I'm interested to see where you take this episode. Because maybe you're going left and I'm going right. So, I've also never heard the term queer baiting, but I've heard the term <gasps> gay baiting a lot. Okay. So this is kind of interesting now. Yeah, the plot thickens. We love a thick um, one. <laughs> I can't stand you sometimes. <sighs> I there's so much I don't even know where to take this or where to start. So, okay. For everyone listening that doesn't know what queer baiting is or gay baiting, I guess, I'm assuming they're the same thing. So I'm going to go off of gay baiting and I'm going to kind of give a rundown as to what that is. So gay okay. baiting is when a heterosexual male or female, um, anybody who identifies as heterosexual, basically um, uses sex for attention with the queer community in terms of flirting, you know, like sexualizing them blah 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 that kind of stuff and then right when things go to like get to the next level second base they cut it off um so it's really just like using your sexuality against you for attention Mm. is that what queer baiting is um i would say yes but i have seen it or heard about it in a different sense as far as like Everything that you just said, except for using it to get, um, get like subscriptions. Like a lot of the times, um, like straight males will go on Twitter or Instagram and start OnlyFans and basically use their sexuality and use their straightness as a way to get gay men to subscribe. And... Um, And then it turns out that they're not part of the LGBTQIA plus community. And they were using that, um, that sexual attraction to gain a profit, which I definitely have seen it a couple different times. Um, And I think it's very different depending on who is like, Who's using it? I think that there are big cases. Like, I don't want to dive too deep into it because I don't know quite the research, but I have heard a lot about Harry Styles kind of queer baiting. But then, oh. uh, counter to that, I know that he is very fluid with the way he dresses and also is like a massive ally to the queer community. So, I don't quite, mm-hmm. I haven't done my research or watched the tiktoks on exactly how people are saying that he's queer baiting but i'd be interested to know that but i think as far as like your gay baiting you're talking about it on a little bit more of like a 
smaller scale. Mm-hmm. It's like on a personal level. And so like, that's yeah. where, that's where my head goes when I hear gay baiting is like when people who, you know, or like at the bar utilize it. Um, as far as like celebrities go or like people using queer baiting to gain followers on like their only fans or their TikToks, good for you post those thirst traps because like you're you're profiting off of the that's not what i'm trying to say you're marginalizing is that the right word i think so essentially you are like if you're posting all these thirst traps and it just so natural like you just end up on the gay algorithm that's not your fault that's not you're not actively trying to do it yeah yeah, and you're going to, like, you're you're being smart by, like, capitalizing on every community. Because if you make an OnlyFans and you're, like, a super ripped top beefy man, like, there's going to be men and women that look at you. And if you don't care and you're comfortable enough with your sexuality that both parties can watch you do your thing, good for you. You're just smart mm-hmm. at that point. I don't consider that queer baiting or gay baiting, like, in my definition, just because you're you're capitalizing off the market more so than like specifically targeting an audience. So yeah. No. Does that mean Lady Gaga gay baits us? I don't think so. Every, she's like a queer icon. I know. See, but that's the thing. Like that's where I'm so confused about like queer baiting and like where that falls because like lady gaga is like i don't think that she's specifically like i'm writing this song to relate or to sympathize with the gays i'm writing this song and it just so happened that the gays will love it like chromatica is like a gay anthem gay Mm -hmm. album to everybody like rain on me was played in the clubs for like a solid year I think it's just very, I don't know. And honestly, I kind of feel like it's a little bit maybe gatekeeping as far as like, why are we choosing, like, what's the difference between that? And then also what's the difference between like, as I said, Harry Styles. 100%. Is it, I could have swore Harry Styles was bi or pansexual. I don't think so. I don't think. I'm going to look that up right now because I could have swore that he was i could be very wrong Mm -hmm. which also just kind of dives into and i think maybe this is more so like the definition of queer baiting um have you seen that new show red white and yeah okay red white and royalty or something yeah red white and royal blue or something like that So basically the story is like a gay love story and they are turning it into a movie or a series. I don't know. Not, I'm not their target audience. So I haven't really don't really know, but I saw a lot of stuff on TikTok as far as the actors who are playing these characters and everyone asking if they are queer or gay because people think that a person who a gay character should be played by a uh, gay actor. Cause I think just our history of just 
people who are gay have never been like gay people on TV are usually never played by gay people in real life. Um, And so I feel like if that's the case, that might be a little bit more of a definition of queer baiting. Hmm. Interesting. Also, I can't seem to find, no, like it seems like it's very up in the air still. And he mostly like deflects that by saying like everyone's on their own journey, you know, like it doesn't benefit either of us in any way for you to know that type of thing. So I think he's just trying to figure out what he does in his life, which is good. Um, I do want to dive into gay baiting in terms of like more personal things rather than the celebrity thing, because I think that's just people using sex to sell. And in my opinion, like, good for you that's what sells do what you got to do to make that money pay your bills mm-hmm. um when it comes to like gay men and i can only speak on the gay man side of the queer community because that's all i've ever experienced but when it comes to like gay men in the world straight men are one of two things they're either toxically homophobic or they flirt with you all the time and they get really comfortable with their sexuality around you and make comments about you know like you being together or like sexual comments with each other and that's the gay baiting that I think needs to be talked about because just because I'm a gay man doesn't mean that I want to suck your dick Mm -hmm. like bottom line doesn't mean that I want to doesn't mean that I'm going to Mm -hmm. but then when these heterosexual men go to the gay bar and get hit on then they get mad and so like that's where Mm -hmm. where my head feels a little confused a lot is like you only want that attention when you're the one bringing it up but then when it's given to you you take it away and i don't know you've heard of the kinsey scale right yes so the kinsey scale is like the scale from heterosexual to homosexual and it's a sliding scale you're either on one side or the other or somewhere in the middle. And it's zero through six, zero being extremely zero being exclusively heterosexual and six being exclusively homosexual. So I would consider myself a six, like a hard six. I have no curiosities about the female body. I don't want to try it. I don't want to look at it. Whereas there are straight men that border that like, one to two line where there is that slight curiosity, but it's not quite bisexual yet. It's more so just like not against it, more curious, but would probably never do it. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's where the most gay baiting falls. Yeah. I definitely, I agree. I think that for me, I feel like, I, I see both sides, not necessarily see both sides. I don't know how to explain this, but I am like on that Kinsey scale. I want like the ones and twos to feel comfortable enough with me around to kind of explore certain things just because that's also how I explored. You know, there's a difference between thinking about things and then actually physically doing things. Because Mm -hmm. there's, I mean, in my head, I'm fucking would love to do an hour and a half 
Peloton workout, but when I actually do it, I'm fucking disgusted. I hate it. I'm not having fun. Um, I think just kind of as that, like if you're thinking about doing something sexual and then you're actually in the act of doing it, it's sometimes that's like the deciding factor of like, nope, this is not for me. I'm, you know, not there. But also on the counter, I don't think it's fair for straight men to use their gay friends as their exploration. I think that it mm-hmm. definitely crosses a lot of boundaries and it also crosses a lot of signals. We talked about a lot about this throughout our whole entire podcast as far as like, it is really, really, really tough for a gay man to have one gay friends, uh, but also have straight male friends. It's really tough mm-hmm. for a gay man to have those just because of the mixed signals. Because the last thing that we want to do, because I think, and this is just for me personally, and I know there are also a lot of my friends who can do this. I don't necessarily connect sex with feelings. I mean, there are friends in my group that we have hooked up and we've remained really good friends. Um, It's just, it's a perk of being a gay man. I think if you ask any gay man, they might agree with you. Some might, some might not. Um, But... I don't think that it's, I don't want to say it's not possible. I don't think it's as easy for a straight man to do something like that and still continue on with their friendship. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I'd like, I don't want to discount what you said about them feeling comfortable around you to explore that side of themselves, because I 100% agree with that aspect of it. Like if you are having feelings of like any kind of queerness in you and you want to explore that, please use your gay friends, but do it appropriately in the sense of like communicating that or like, just cause you say, Hey, I'm curious. Doesn't mean that we're going to sit there and assume you're gay. Like we've all yeah. been there with curiosity. So like, if you say that you're curious, we're going to work through it with you and help you through it. But if you're curious and you're not communicating and not doing it the right way and you're sending those mixed signals to to the queer community, it's going to end up hurting somebody. And it's not even just about the sex. It's about feelings, too. Like, it is very hard for gay men to have straight friends because, again, they're either kind of like that toxic masculinity. Like, they feel like they have to be more masculine when you're around so that that they don't come off gay for some reason Or they're very Mm -hmm. flirty and very like, you know, kind of like touchy feely. And if that's the case, that can send the wrong signal to a lot of queer men, um, assuming queer women as well. Uh, But it can be very, it can be a big struggle for the queer community because gay men already struggle with emotional connection a lot just because of trauma and growing up queer and hiding yourself and then coming out and whether your coming out story was good or bad, like there is a lot of repercussions from that trauma in your adult life. And so when you have a straight man coming in and messing with those emotions and, and making you think that you could have feelings for somebody that is not accessible to you and you know that that's when it's fucked up, you know? And like, that's just not, that's not the appropriate way to do it. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think I just want to kind of circle back to what you said as far as like, if you are questioning certain things, please lean in on your gay friends. I mean, if I have a straight man who comes to me and it's like, hey, I want to like, explore some certain things. I'm like, cool. Let me let me pick up grinder. Let me pick up scruff. 
here are my friends. I'm pretty sure one of them would love to mess around with a straight man. I'll be that friend, not to the straight man, but I'll, if I have another gay friend who has a straight male friend who wants to explore, send him my number. Let's, let's do it. But I think it is definitely if you straight man, gay, gay man are in a friendship, that's where it gets really tricky because there's way more intertwined than there is as just like a random stranger on the street. And I think also, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know exactly how to say this, but you hit a little bit on it as far as like, um, everyone's journey coming out, whether it's good or whether it's bad. I feel, and I was definitely in this as far as like DL means like down low, you're still exploring. You usually don't have like a profile picture on the apps. I feel like a lot of people, specifically men, think that they're going to get outed by another gay man. And I feel mm-hmm. like gay men are the least, the like at the very bottom of the list of people who are going to out you. Not saying that is always true, but I do definitely say if you are having feelings, somebody under the rainbow of LGBTQIA plus is going to be the best bet to like explore. And I say explore very loosely. I mean like discussing communication, um, explore those feelings with, because we've all been there where we, our secret was huge. And so it's not our story to tell. So safe space is always with someone under the LGBTQIA plus community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you feel like gay baiting happens a lot in your friendships or in the past? Since you've come out, do you feel like it has come up a lot within heterosexual, homosexual friendships? The friends that I had as a closeted, closeted, I'm doing air quotes now, straight man who remained my friends after I came out, I would say absolutely not. The friends that I have made out, like after I've come out, yes, a little, but I do see it a lot when I am in a group of individuals and there's another straight man who we know of each other through like a friend of a friend type situation. And that's where I see a lot more gay baiting than in just like my normal one-on-one relationships. I feel like, I hate to say it, but sometimes I feel like the out, like, oh, there's a gay man here. Okay, cool. Let me immediately gravitate towards that man and Mm -hmm. just kind of like flirt a little bit and this and that. And the worst thing that I, and I feel like a lot of guilt when it comes to this is if I'm, I go up to my friends and I'm like, Hey, is like that man, like, are, is he, is he gay? And they're like, no, no. And then you feel guilty. Cause you're like, Oh, okay. I don't want hit out him. So I'm not going to move any further. I'm not going to explain why I asked that question. Cause the last thing that I want is for something that I said to go around and then other people start questioning that person's sexuality. Mm-hmm. If, and that man might also be questioning his sexuality as well too. So, um, 
that's where I see a lot more of it. 100%. That makes sense. You brought up the DL profiles on the apps, which is funny because that's also part of this. And we've brought it up so many times in almost every episode about how much, how many straight men are actually in our community and kind of where they're at in our community. And you brought up that some of the DL profiles on the apps may possibly be people trying to explore, possibly trying to kind of like see where they're at, how they're feeling. What percentage do you think are just straight men that are living a lie? Like what percentage of blank profiles? Yeah. I would say 50% of them are taken, married by another, by a woman. And the other 50% are single, straight, quote, straight males who are trying to explore. And -hmm. I've had experiences with both. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because it's not even just on the apps. Like, I've had straight men in relationships with a woman approach me outside of the apps, like whether it be at my job or through text message or through Facebook or Instagram, like any way they can really contact me. Um, I've had straight men approach me and kind of like, it's funny cause it always starts out with like just a normal conversation and then they bring up like queer sex. And that's the minute, you know, where this conversation is going to go. And most of the time mm-hmm. it is like, they want to ask questions and then they say something along the lines of like, can I tell you a secret or like, can you keep something between you and I, something like that. And then they full on blown, just go for it and say, Hey, like, can we hook up? Can we try this? Can you try this with me? I want to do this. Um, Which I just find so interesting because it's obviously easier for some people to come out than others. But what position does that put the queer community in? Yeah. To have to be on the receiving end of that. Mm-hmm. One, I think it puts the queer community in a very dangerous position. Um, I This is just a feeling. I don't have like any data to back it up. But I feel like the scenario that you just explained is more frequent in communities where there's not a lot of like gay representation. So there's not a lot of like out individuals. So the, the out and proud individuals are the ones that like are constantly sought after in this given scenario. And I think it's very dangerous because in that community, there's not a lot of gay people that are out chances are it's not a safe space or a safe community. So those queer people already have a target on their back. Then you're going to introduce a cheating scandal or like a home wrecker individual. Um, I don't think that it's fair for that queer individual at all, because a lot of the times in my experience is they don't, tell you that they're married that's the first thing or if they do they say that they're exploring and she knows about it Mm -hmm. 
And that's just also, and maybe it's just me, but like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes for me, those individuals, I'm a little bit more interested in, not necessarily the fact that they're married or this and that. I think it's just more so the back and forth is, I don't want to say part of the attractiveness, but there's just like a natural like pull towards those conversations. Either you want to be that safe space for them to like ask the questions because chances are they don't have somebody else in their life to ask those questions. So you want to be that safe space or two. I mean, I'm just going to flat out say it. They're better in bed. I'm just going to say it because they're so. They have. Dramatic pause. They're just not getting what they want. (laughs) I just didn't know if I wanted to say it. They're just not getting what they want at home. Not because the individual isn't giving it to them. It's just obviously if you're not attracted to the female body or vice versa, if you're not attracted to the male body, it's hard to perform at your fullest. So when you finally do get somebody that like your body and is naturally attracted to, you perform better. And that's not saying anything negative about either partner. It's just natural attraction. 100%. Yeah. And see, and I have like this whole thing about this is like, I feel like cheating and divorces and all of that could be way more prevented than we think it can just by communicating with your partner about these things. Because like if you were in a heterosexual relationship and you were having feelings about wanting to explore the male body, I feel like if you're with somebody, you should be able to talk to them about absolutely anything and like say anything without any fear or regret or like being scared of repercussions in any way, like being a straight man and this goes out out to all the heterosexuals, actually, like straight man, woman, whatever. If you're feeling those thoughts, like go to your partner and just say, hey, I'm starting to feel some like attraction to the male body. Like, I would love to explore that. Can we talk about this? And mm-hmm. chances are, I don't I don't know, like how often it's going to go a good way just because like we're raised in a society where it's like, oh, you don't love me and you're going to cheat on me. Perfect. That's not at all what they're saying. Like what they're saying is that they want to explore something new and exciting. Like it has nothing to do with you. Support them through that. Whether it be taking them to a porn store to buy a fucking dildo or like taking them to a gay bar just so that they can see what it's like in that community or even inviting somebody in for a threesome. Like there are so many ways to explore this where it involves both of both parties but that would make people feel so much more supported and it would prevent so much of this like down low underground sex party fucking shit that's going on that creates so many dangerous things. Like we just had an episode on prep and HIV and STIs and all of that. And so much Mm -hmm. of, of that is trans transported and transmute trans. So much of that is transmitted from heterosexual men that are on the down low, not checking their stats, not going to get tested because they're, they don't want anybody to find out. So they just go sleep with all these people behind their wife or their partner's back. And then all of a sudden they have an STI or HIV and they don't know about it. And they're spreading it because they're 
they're too afraid to just admit what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. I like how this episode went from gay baiting to a full-on scandalous moment. Well, that's part of it, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's that's just acting on your gay baiting, like, and that's where I like think of that I don't love gay baiting because I don't understand it because there's so many different yeah. levels to it. Like, there's the level of like flirting gay baiting. There's the level of like touching. There's the level of like nonstop communication, like where your straight best friend like is texting you all day, every day, but it's not just like a normal best friend conversation. Like it's something, it's a conversation you would have with like your boyfriend or partner or significant other. Like that's where I think I live in like this unknown void of like, where, where is your head space at? And they're not going to communicate that because it's like a nervous thing. Like you're exploring a part of you that you had no idea was there. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's what, what gay men do is we bring that out of heterosexual people in the sense of like providing them with a space of such comfort. Like, and I can, again, only speak for myself. Like I'm a very comforting person. That's what I'm told by people is like, they love being around me because I, they feel comfortable around me and they feel safe. And like, that's where I don't know where that line gets drawn of like, where are you just using me for that safety and comfortability? And where are you gay baiting? Yeah. I think it's very, I like how you said that. I like how you said the queer community has like this superpower of making a lot of people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I think it also is like due to just like living in this society of just consistently being judged for like the life choices. And I hate the word choices, the life choices that we've made. (laughs) Um, And I think that naturally, once someone does come out of the closet, they also feel, one, a lot more free. But two, the queer community is very understanding and open with multiple different things. And, like, exploring your sexuality is definitely one of them. But I don't think that that is an open invitation to use your queer friends to to do that. Yeah. And if you're going to do that, communicate it and keep feelings out of it. Cause yeah, I can't imagine like when I, back in the day when I was single and like straight men would queer bait me, it was fucking heart wrenching. Cause I would like befriend them. And then in my brain, we're getting close in the sense of like, Hey, maybe we could actually like turn this into a relationship. But then once it like crosses that line, it's an immediate like dead stop. No, I'm straight. Sorry. I don't, you know, And that's where it's like, just make sure that you're being communicative with the people around you. And then they flip it on you. That's the thing that like bothers me is that like, if you're going to send all these mixed signals to the point where someone definitely like gets to the point where like, oh, something might happen, something might develop here. And then when it does get to that point and you feel uncomfortable and then you turn it on your, the gay person, that's not okay. Obviously, consent is a huge thing. No one's going out and, like, doing anything without consent. But to act, there's, someone just doesn't randomly wake up one day and is like, oh, my God, this is my person. Like, Mm -hmm. there's, especially with this given scenario, there's a lot of back and forth, a lot of, like, chatting, flirting, touching, as you said. 
yeah. then when it finally gets to that point, dicks out on the table and you're going to chicken out and then tell me it's my fault. Exactly. That's well, and the thing too is like up. with, with the like consent, obviously consent is a huge thing, but if you're, let's say like you go on a drive with somebody, right? You're, you're straight best friend. You guys go on a drive, you go up to the mountain and you sit at this overlook and you're just like sitting there. It's 10 o'clock at night, staring at the stars, just having deep conversation, like personal deep conversations. And it's like that feeling, everyone knows that feeling where you're like about to kiss somebody, right? Like Mm -hmm. we've all been there. Is that the moment where you stop and say like, Hey, can I kiss you? Or I really want to kiss you. Or do you lean in for the kiss? Try it, see what happens and then get shut down. You know, like that's where the headspace is of like, do you just naturally let it happen or do you communicate it with them, which may make them more uncomfortable? And also that's scary for, that's so scary for gay men. Like you're sitting there with a straight man. You feel like you want to kiss him and you're like, Hey, so can I put my lips on yours or nah? Or other things. Or yeah. I mean, I was just like saying a kiss just to keep it modest for now. (laughs) You are keeping it PG. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, no, if you're not getting past the kiss, you're not getting anything else in your mouth. Like that's just, you got to get past the kiss first. That's true. But also, I feel like this is maybe this is gay baiting, but also is kind of not the Kinsey scale as far as like what straight men feel as those who are experimenting with men, I think are just so interesting as what they feel is like too gay. Yeah. Like either They don't do kissing because it's too personal, but oral is still on the table (laughs) or they only receive, but they don't give or they fall on like anal, but still no kissing because that's just too personal. That's too gay. That's just too gay. (laughs) It's too too gay gay if two dudes kiss. I saw a TikTok today and it was so funny. I should have said it to you, but this guy was like, he hops on and he goes, is it gay to make a mold of your own penis and fuck yourself with it? Or is it not? Because when you're jacking off, you're using a man's hand. Even though it's your yeah. own, it's still a man's hand. Yeah. So then, if you use your own penis, does that make it gay? That's like in... I feel like that's like the same thing in the same realm as soaking. Oh my God, not soaking. <laughs> Can that you please like, elaborate of what soaking okay. is for those of our listener, our 15 listeners that don't know what it is? Well, if they made it to episode 10 and they don't know what soaking in, soaking is, we've attracted the wrong audience. But... <laughs> Anyways, soaking is primarily done in the Mormon community um, where the man inserts his – how, like – should I be scientific with this or – No, just fucking raw dog it. It's in the Bible, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's where a man inserts his penis into the female vagina – 
um, and just sits there and soaks. Doesn't go back and forth, doesn't do anything. Um, if they are getting, and they have like a really good friend, if the friend will crawl under the bed and will bump the bottom of the bed to cause friction so there's a little bit of movement between the two bodies, but it's not considered a sin because a sexual act is when there's friction between the vagina and the penis. Which I find so funny because, like, if you think to a teenage boy that's just starting to explore sex, chances are he's going to ejaculate very quickly. Yeah. And it's not going to take much, which means... The minute he just puts it in, it's probably going to arouse him enough to make that happen. So, like, is their pullout game super strong or, like, what what happens there? Like, I just, I don't understand how a religion can say that that is okay. It is okay for you to put your penis in my vagina and sit here and do not move, but you cannot so, thrust. You cannot <laughs> thrust, otherwise it is a sin. Listen, we need a resident Mormon... <sighs> Um, for this podcast to ex- to elaborate more on the whole soaking thing, preferably if they have partaken in soaking or not. I have and one. I have I, I, I have know, a token Mormon. I think I it do. We have this person. Is there anything in common between the three of us? There is, but I don't know. I don't, ah, this is interesting. Um, I don't know if they've think, partaken in soaking, but I do know there is something in common between the three of us. You def, there is a possibility you could know this person. Um, does their name I don't start know with if a you C? Do. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Frick, maybe we'll have a resident Mormon um, on soon to talk about soaking. I know exactly who you're talking about because I learned what soaking was from this person. <laughs> that checks out. They love yeah. to talk about things like that. And actually that would I wouldn't even hate having an episode about Mormonism and like that whole culture and that'd be kind of oh. fun to have them on here and like have them talk about it and then they could elaborate on the soaking situation and so we could try to understand cuz like another thing is like they can't have caffeine, right? So like yeah. In states where it's predominantly Mormon, there's soda shops. So they'll go through every day, get their soda, get their fix. What I find funny about this is the reasoning why they can't have caffeine. And the reason is because it creates a habit. And it that could be seen as worship because you are doing it every day. So like, yeah, I get up every morning, I have my coffee. That's the first thing I do. That's a ritual. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. And so that religion sees that as worshiping something other than God. But you can go get a soda every single day and make that a routine. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of like capitalism involved too, because chances are, I feel like a lot of those soda shops are owned by somebody in the Mormon community. And so somehow it goes back into the church. Mm -hmm. How did we get here? Well, I just love how we somehow went on this roller coaster ride of gay baiting that also turned into uh, soaking and then a whole conspiracy on the Mormon religion. I love it. I love I'm it. And it. honestly, that's like, 
that's what it is is it's just like there's so many unknowns in the queer community and the straight community in life in general and this is one of the big ones and at least in my opinion of the queer community is like straight men and their involvement with us and it's funny because the kinsey scale has been around since like 1798 don't quote me on that year because it could be way off but it's been around for a very 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 long time and we as humans are still not comfortable with the fact that it is a sliding scale like Mm -hmm. there are straight men that i believe are exclusively heterosexual and i believe that because i am exclusively homosexual so i have to believe that there is like an exclusivity on the other side as well but I don't believe that there's nobody like floating somewhere in the middle. And oh, yeah. some would argue that those are the bisexual people, but no, because there's gotta be straight men out there that are like, they just want to touch a penis. They don't want to do anything else yeah. with it. They just want to touch it just to know what it's like to touch another man's penis. Yeah. I would consider well, that a sliding scale. Just like there's yeah. gay men that want to know what it feels like to touch a vagina. It's the same mm-hmm. fucking thing. It's a sliding scale. Yeah. But even, like, I think sliding scale is you can go into such, like, a micro scale with this as well. Like, even someone who leans a little bit closer, like, to the six is, like, maybe they're a 5.74 because they enjoy watching straight porn or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's so many, like, so the scale could be as big as you want it and also just, like, I do agree. I think that, and also here's the thing you can tell, and I've been wanting to say this for like, since we talked about gay baiting is a straight man can tell when a man is fully, fully, fully straight. Absolutely. Because one, they are like very comfortable any form of like a gay joke or something like that not like an offensive gay joke calm down but anything questioning like a joke questioning their sexuality and they just like go with the flow or like rub it off or whatever (laughs) choice i chose bad words right there but that's you get what i'm saying um you can definitely tell they're straight and those feelings are never going to be there. A gay man's gaydar is not just to find, like, the beautiful thing about gaydar is we discussed it in one of our episodes is, like, your gaydar exploring what's a safe space. Typical term for gaydar is, like, finding your fellow homosexual. And another mm-hmm. part of it is knowing which straight man in the group is questioning things and is going to slide into your DMS at the end of the night. 100%. Absolutely. And it's funny because Mm -hmm. the people, the, and if you're a straight man and you're listening to this, listen closely because the straight men that get defensive or like act overly masculine around gay men, those are the ones that are usually sliding into somebody's DMS and it's Mm -hmm. them masking, trying to hide any slight 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 queerness in themselves so nobody can find out so like Mm -hmm. i am a firm believer that a really good chunk of homophobic men are actually not fully straight Mm -hmm. did i ever tell you 
the story. I forget what his name is, but he went viral on TikTok for being very like religiously homophobic. He would like go into bookstores and if there was something like that involved like the Wiccan church or something that involved anything LGBTQIA plus whatever it was like he would just berate the person that was working as if they chose to put that book on the shelves like he went to like a Barnes and Noble or some shit like that um I didn't realize this this man has been in my DMs for the last year you're lying no and at first i thought like i didn't realize these two were like simultaneously going on like i went and i cross-referenced my messages and when he posted these videos and this and that and stuff like that and i didn't but i didn't realize this until probably like a couple months ago and that's when i did it and i was like what the fuck but he's not he like is not posting from his original account he's posting from a burner account but i asked him to send me an actual picture of him and i like did the whole thing of like hey i've just been burned before just want to make sure like you know it's it's social media yada yada catfish type situation and i asked him to send me a picture of him doing something very specific like holding up a peace sign with his pinky out yada yada he did it so i know for a fact that it was him and I lost it. Absolutely lost it. I didn't message him. I have not messaged him since. But I'm just holding on to that power as far as what I not. Obviously, I'm not going to post anything as far as like outing type situation. But to give him a piece of my mind. But see, and that's like another thing is like, where do we draw that line of like, outing somebody yeah. for the greater good because this man is spreading so much hate across the the internet and the country so by you and okay by somebody outing them is that bad or good because in my eyes i'm like fuck yeah tell the whole world like take screenshots yeah. send it out because this man is spreading hate making people who are maybe on the verge of coming out go back into the closet making people who are questioning their life maybe make not so great decisions anymore like the suicide rate in the queer community is way too high and part of it Mm -hmm. is things like this where like you're scrolling on tiktok and all of a sudden a very hateful video pops up and it happens to me all the time which i find hilarious because tiktok clearly knows i'm gay so like it'll pop up with this random fucking cis hetero white man talking about how God is good and the gays are bad and blah, blah, blah. And like going off, where is, where do we draw the line of like, what, when are we allowed to out somebody for the greater good of our community? Yeah. I think that's very tough. Like obviously for like my coming out story wasn't the easiest and like was outed. And so I, I personally don't think I would ever do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I have also seen like a lot of 
cases where like senators or congressmen who are like actively pushing these anti LGBTQIA plus bills. And then the gay escorts that they hired are now like coming out with screenshots and are like, listen, stop fucking pushing this shit because you are gay. Like, yeah, you're hiring us, yada, yada. So it's always tough, but like, that's, I feel like that's kind of like, I see where you're coming from a hundred percent. I just don't know if I could ever be that person, but also part of me is like, I want to be that person that is like protecting it for the yeah. community. You know, that that's going to be our question this week for the listeners is I'm very curious to know if you were in the situation where you could out somebody that is causing harm to the queer community, would you do it? Yeah. Cause I don't know what I would do. Like I've never been in that situation and in my head right now, I'm like, fuck yeah, I would do it. But then when you're in that situation, like, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't, maybe I would be too scared to out him because then it would put a lot of, a lot of attention on me or like a bullseye on my back, you know, like it's a very, very interesting place to be. Mm -hmm. Stop baiting. Just stop it. Yeah. All of you just live your lives, communicate with each other, live your true life. Also the final thing about gay baiting is if you are a straight man who is in a committed relationship, whether you're married or not specifically to a woman, because we are talking about like gay baiting, um, you're not hiding it. <laughs> no, you're definitely not. <laughs> you, they will find out. Um, however, there's just women's intuition is very, very, very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. and they will find out. So honesty is the biggest thing. I know you think that you're packing the biggest thing, but you're not. But are you? It's so. I <laughs> I just thought of this. Also, don't ruin friendships over it, okay? Yeah. Because like, I had a female friend that I met through work. She was one of my customers. We became friends. We became good enough friends that I was in her wedding. As one of her husband's groomsmen, part of it was because he didn't have enough to match her side and she wanted me in the wedding, but her bridesmaids were all full. So I said, sure, I'll do it. Not three months after the wedding, I get a text from her husband asking if my partner and I will Eiffel Tower him. Oh, just full like. Yeah. Did, it wasn't even like a hey, let's have dinner. It was a hey. There was no fluffing. You, no, it was a. Do you think your partner would be down if you guys Eiffel Towered me? And I said, "Excuse me, sir. Does your wife know about this conversation?" He said, "No." And I'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't tell her. And I said, "We are no longer having this conversation. Like yeah. this is because like she was my friend first. And I'm not yeah, going to go behind my friend's her. back. Yeah, like, don't don't think that you, because you have a fucking dick, are going to break a bond between a gay and a woman. Because guess what? Yeah. You can't. Glitter is forever. Mm-hmm. And there are glitter princesses. Glitter is forever. I love that. 
Illuminati. <laughs> oh, I thought that was a vagina. Gross. Don't, do that. don't ever let me do that again. I'm sorry, you had to witness See, I, that. Yeah, I'm gonna block that from my mind. Erase. Block. Cut it. I take it all back. I take it all back. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, wow. We we did really. I guess you and I were very passionate about the subject, whether it's because we did our research or whether because we have personal experiences. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah, we're over it. We're over it. We're over this it. Is, this is your gay best friend being over your husband sliding into our DMs. Yeah. We're putting a stop to it right now. Yep. This bussy is closed. Ew. I hate the word bussy so much. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes, especially like, okay, when it's like a joke, like, is your batch in my bussy? That's funny, right? Yeah. But like, we all know the twinks out there. They're like, hey, daddy, come fuck my bussy. And that is an instant, like, absolute disgust for me. Oh, no. You love it, don't you? I really, really, really <laughs> fucking hoped that that recorded because I was just getting glimpses of all of that. <sighs> Why'd you turn your camera off? I didn't. It keeps shutting off because this fucking... God damn it. I don't know. <laughs> um but i would back to bussies bussies are is bussy is my personal favorite word okay can we unpack that because like is bussy your favorite word to use in like no pun conversations no cunt is my favorite word also I'm obsessed yeah. with it. I think part of it is that I need to move to the UK. I need to move out there ASAP. I just belong. Oh, me too. Do you want to know why? And I have texted you this multiple times. For some reason, okay, a little bit of background on Scruff, which is my gay app that I like naturally gravitate to, is there's a feature on there called like Scruff Global, where I don't know how this works. I don't know what happens but somehow if you are a lucky individual you get selected your profile gets selected to be blasted out to scruff globally right and it's the very first thing that oh like when you open up the app it's scruff global which is kind of funny because you would think that it would go to nearby but you have to like switch to it in the past three months i have one the gay lottery as far as scruff goes (laughs) where my profile was lucky enough to be blasted out to europe so i was fucking on uk ireland australia's scruff profiles and i was getting blown up by sexy ass burly daddies 
that were thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away. Did that stop me from flirting with them? <laughs> Fuck no, it didn't. I now have, am married to like three different men across the world. That tracks. Speaking of men across uh, the world, have you watched the show Naked Attraction? I think so on Max. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's so funny because I like it kept popping up for like the re- recommended for you or top five because it's like top five in the country right now, which is hilarious. But yeah, I was like, first of all, I hate the show like Naked and Afraid or like what all those fucking survivor shows where they're all naked, but they blur everything out. I'm like, just fucking show it. It's a body. Nobody gives a shit. It makes the show less interesting that everything yeah. is so blurry. Yeah. So I clicked on, or I saw a TikTok. And somebody was watching it and they were like gobsmacked. Like they were fucking gutted about this show. And I was like, what the fuck? So I watched the first episode and I was like, oh, it's full nudity in this show. Like front, back, side to side, ins and outs, ups and downs, like full nudity, which is so on brand for the UK because they just don't give a fuck. And I love that. But then it made me realize that in the UK, you're either gorgeous or you're not. There's no in between. Yeah. That's so true. I've watched. I've watched a couple episodes, and for you listeners who don't know what gay attraction is, what is it? It's called gay attraction. Naked attraction. Naked attraction. (laughs) Thank you. Um, It's where there's one individual with the host, and I think it's like they start off with six bodies or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and they're behind the screen, and then phase one is the screen raises to just above the waist. So you're only seeing their nether regions below the waist. So if there's men behind the screens, the host and the person who are like trying to, the person that's trying to find a date are literally dissecting these men's penises, or if there's women behind the screens, their vaginas, and just like going into every kind of detail, which is pretty funny to just like, how it is very naturally just occurring in the conversation. They talk about like, mm-hmm. do you like pubic hair? Like, is the girth, is this a long one? Do you like it cut or uncut? It's everything. And Phase they don't hold back is- either, like at all. Like no. like I've heard them say like, oh no, that penis is way too ugly for me. Or like the foreskin yeah. is too much. It looks like an anteater. Like they just put it all yeah. out there. And I have so much respect for them just for being able to say that. And the people behind the screens don't get offended because it's like, it's a preference. It's not that your body is wrong. It's just not what that person wants. Yeah. And then phase two is they go up to like right above the shoulder. So you're just seeing like the chest and then phase three is, and then after all of these phases, they so they like eliminate like one or two bodies from like each phase, like, Oh, body number one, like uh, you have too much hair. It's not for me, whatever it may be. And then at the end, it boils down to two people. And then the person goes behind the screen, undresses, and then everyone's naked and they go on a date. Um, Okay, here's the thing. I am not surprised that this is number five in the world. One, because I think everyone just wants the, I mean, just the shock factor of full naked bodies is huge. Mm -hmm. Two, the idea of like sex cells. But I think a huge part of it is because of how real and raw it is. Like you said, where no one gets offended because they're like, they're, 
have too much fucking foreskin, it's like, hey, that's just not for me. Like you, and like, like you're attractive and there's going to be somebody out there that's for you, but it's just not me. But mm-hmm. also, I think that it's really popular because of the body diversity. There's oh so my many God, different so much. types. It is probably one of the most inclusive body types show dating shows that there ever is. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm fucking over these dating shows where it's fucking Ken and Barbie trying to find each other. You are not having issues finding somebody. I'm so sorry. There's such thing as pretty privilege. You're just fucked up in the head where you can't commit. So like, yeah, go to therapy. Yeah, it's it, it's not that you can't find somebody. Show. It's you. You're the problem. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And that's like that was one of the things that cuz I watched the whole all seasons of it already. And oh wow. One of the things that I respected the most about this show was that a the inclusivity with body types like you're seeing scrawny, you're seeing fat, you're seeing like small penis, big penis, tight vagina, loose vagina. I don't really know how to refer to those properly so if that's wrong i'm so sorry you're seeing like everything under the sun to where like there was even a guy in there with he only had no legs yeah that was a weird way to say that there was a guy on there that <laughs> had two prosthetic legs <laughs> I, that took me a while to process he, he only, only had no legs, legs. <laughs> fuck dude there was a guy on there with prosthetics on both legs and that like a for him was probably the biggest step he's ever taken was like just standing in front of mm-hmm. literally millions of people naked with his prosthetics just out like raw dog in it yeah. living life but also the inclusivity with every community so there's straight people on there there's gay people there's bi people there's lesbians there's pan people like there's every community yeah. on that show and the host does such a good job at normalizing everything on this show like mm-hmm. When she sees a chunky even, body, she's not like, oh, is that too chunky for you? Or like, or, yeah. or makes it like, oh, that one's fat. Maybe let's go look at this one. You know, like she does such a good job about just like, hey, this is a show. Everyone's naked. It's not a big deal. Let's just yeah. talk about it. Yeah. I'd be interested because I think that this show, one, there's also like one of the episodes I watched, it was a couple who was looking for a third, which was like yeah. very, very interesting. So it's inclusive all on its own but also i think that this show is like it's not a new show i think it is like a couple years old and i i feel like it was canceled i'd be interested to see if because of the popularity that it came back as far as it coming back and like a full reboot but also to see if any other country picks it up too do you think that this would Mm -hmm. like like do you think America would ever pick it up? Absolutely not. And if they did, it would be like a max exclusive show where they produced and recorded it. But I feel like there's too many hoops they would have to jump through to be able to air that on TV in the US. You know, whereas yeah. like this one, it was recorded in the UK. So it's different somehow. I don't know. I'm not a producer. I don't understand the logistics of it, but I feel like there's probably a bunch of dumb shit that makes us hide our bodies all the time. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like we're kind of stepping towards, especially like Netflix and Max and like Hulu, like full frontal. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. And that's one thing I've always said about like being a man. There's never been representation for men in the world, 
on TV, it's always naked women. And I'm sorry, I just don't want to see it. Like, it doesn't bother me, but I don't want to see it. I want to see well, full present for a man, too. Like, because you're gay. That is 100% what it is. <laughs> but also, like, we are we have only sexualized women up until this point. Yeah. Sexualized men, too. Do it. I dare you. Yeah. Well, even I, like, one, this is gonna sound super cheesy but in 2023 like one of i don't like resolutions but one of my goals was to watch or like uh, consume more queer art and so i wanted to watch more queer movies and to find very unedited queer movies on a streaming platform is very 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 difficult which mm-hmm. is so it just it's it's so bad. I mean, there's Bros, which was a fucking horrible movie. You didn't so like horrible. it? No, I thought there was nothing funny about that. There is it was god awful. Horrible. We have very different opinions. Oh my god, I thought it was horrible. I thought Billy Eichner needs to fucking shut his mouth and stop <laughs> acting because he's horrible. <laughs> horrible his men on the street thing also just fuck you billy like move over you're done like you should have stuck to american horror story that was it anyways Damn. but i did find an app that exclusively um shows queer movies and so i'm gonna kind of give it uh not the app but the shows um a little bit of a blurb um blurb a little shout out um if you want to watch really good queer love stories uh a queer love story you should watch lazy eye which is fucking phenomenal um or you should watch if you want like a little bit of a thriller slash horror movie you should watch stranger by the lake Ew, that sounds familiar probably because it was I think it was like one of the first ones. It full has a full frontal hard penis gay sex scene in it. In gay movies, queer movies. I'm going to say gay movies cuz I haven't watched a whole lot of like queer women films. Um but like gay movies are either really good or really bad. There's mm-hmm. they're either really low budget or over budget. And I think Bros. I know you hated Bros, but I think that it was so it was good. I love seeing a high budget movie in the queer community go into theaters. Like I went and saw it in theaters and the theater was packed and it was like men and women in there. It wasn't just like a bunch of gay men, but also there's another movie that I just, well, it wasn't just recently, but I watched a movie that was so good. Before you like get there, I think it's really important whether you like, and this, I hate to say this, but whether you like the movie or not, you a hundred percent should go and support the movie because mm-hmm. everyone knows that like money makes this world go round. So if bros performed really well in the box office, it's going to show production companies and like these big LA people that like, Hey, queer love stories or queer movies sell. We should make a little bit more of them. It was like mm-hmm. that. Remember that reality show real, um, real friends of WeHo or something like that. It was, no, so it was basically like real world, but a spinoff. And it was all these gay men. 
And it was just really bad. It had a lot, there's a lot of controversy behind it because the main character, Tajik Hall, was very problematic. Didn't have a lot of like diversity in the casting at all. But everyone is basically saying, hey, we need to go and support this show because it will like give us a leg. It, you know, it's like a foot in the door for other gay reality shows to come on like mainstream media. So mm-hmm. even though I hated bros, I didn't see it in theaters, um, but I did watch it like two or three times. Um, but also during that, um, that time, that era, another movie, Fire Island came out and that one was really good. <laughs> I enjoyed that one. I think Bros was way better than Fire Island, personally. It, <gasps> Fire Island was good, though, because, again, it was, like, a high-budget actual film. Whereas, yeah. like... Okay, have you seen um, Eating Out? Um, yes, on HBO, right? It's, like, it's not a movie, it's a show, right? No, there's a, it's a movie called Eating Out. Oh, no. I'll send you a list of really bad old gay movies that you probably have never heard of because it was like way before your coming out time. Like the I watched these when I was like 18. But they were so oh. low budget that they were so hard to watch, but you watched them because it was queer representation and you were like, fuck yeah, like there is other people that date date the same sex. But yeah. have you seen spoiler alert? No, but I've I it sounds familiar. It came out in 2022. It has um, Jim Parsons in it, which is the guy oh, from the Big yes, Bang it's Theory. From, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's like a, he falls in love with a man, but the man come, like is gets sick or something like that. Yes. That movie uh. is so good. And <laughs> I'm, I'm, an, I'm a fairly emotional person with movies. That one definitely got me, but that one I... wrecked my boyfriend. <laughs> I that think that that's why I'm avoiding him. it because I know that I'm going to fucking ball and be alone in my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Which, sorry, babe, to just put you on blast like this, but he cried for like probably a solid hour after the movie. And then the next day I wake up and he's still like legitimately still crying. Probably not still. He probably slept, but like wake up, he's <laughs> well, crying. And it was like every time for the next two days that he would look at me, he would just cry. <laughs> it was the, it was the cutest little thing ever, and it was just so sweet. But then I was like, "Fuck this movie for wrecking him." But also, that's how good it was. It was just like, it was a very impactful movie. You should go watch it. That's your homework. You have to watch it by by next week when we record. Perfect. I'll watch it before we record because I'll start crying on the pod. Oh my god! Please do. <laughs> Maybe Listen, we should just I'm do giving... a watching party. We both watch it at the same time. Yeah, I've given I've given the Heather's everything. <laughs> Why so not dramatic. cry for him too? Might as well. You never know these days. So yeah, still awesome. Well, thanks for being gay with us. Except you straight men, stop being gay with us. That's true. We have chatted so much this whole pod we're not doing buckle bear roundup or cowboy conspiracy but also i want to call out the cowboy because he's only done one conspiracy since we have um watched his segment 
I don't, well, that's because then I got excited about the whole mechanics thing and quizzing you on car mechanic things, and I think I like that more than conspiracies. Well, let's let the viewers decide. Do you want Cowboy, Cowboy conspiracy, conspiracy is in is in its testing phase right now? So is grunge knowledge, grungy knowledge. It's getting there. <laughs> <laughs> Grunge Lidge. No, I hated that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry, I'm spent. My creative bones are exhausted. <laughs> technically, Girl, please. technically, this is our 11th episode recording. That's true. We will forever. You know what? That's really exciting. This is going to be like the Heathers will only know, like, only. The true Heathers who have been with us since day one will know about the lost episode. Yeah, because we will never mention it again after this episode. I will mention it every single episode. Never forget. Well, then everyone's going to know. We rebuilt already. That's true. That's true. We have cut ties. We're a whole new bitch. It's a brand new world. Why why did I have the urge to sing a whole new world? I don't even know what that what movie that's from. Little Mermaid? It's a whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And cut. Love ya.